Welcome to the Rockman Podcast, the podcast which aims to ignite your motivational fires to push your limits and live a healthier life with mental fortitude. We do this by talking to individuals who have incredible stories of endurance and mental resilience and discussing the powerful benefits that pushing your limits has on your health, well-being and overall quality of life. If you'd like to be notified about new podcast releases, be sure to hit the subscribe button below. And if you take any value from this podcast, be sure to give us the thumbs up or leave us a review or comment below. I'm Terry Rosman, Rockman founder, and today we are joined by marathon running enthusiast and well-being entrepreneur, Simon Clark, founder of the Speak Easy Club. I hope you enjoy. So uh, what what drop are you drinking in the clubhouse tonight? What have we got? <laughs> little, uh, little Argentinian number. Um, I, went, I went large. Small glass, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went, I went large because I thought, oh, I'm not going to bring it upstairs with me. So I thought... Uh, yeah, Sotano, nice little Malbec um, from the bottle shop in Penarth. Yeah, it's lovely. Nice, um, nice real Tuesday night. Yeah, nice exactly. little yeah. Nothing well, as you said, you're getting on the wine. I thought, right, I'll uh, I'll tip myself a little little double whiskey. Nice, the club out tonight. Nice, what, have nice got? what have we got? What have we got? It's called, I think, Teacher or Teachers. So my nan... Um, she had a stroke uh, over Christmas. God, you know, she's still alive. She's all good. She's actually almost made a full recovery, which is fun. It's a minor oh, wow. stroke. But because of that, she decided to um, empty her alcohol cupboard. So I was the, uh, a lucky recipient <laughs> of a lovely bottle of teachers. Um, and I've since been told by one of my mates, because I, I put it in the chat groups and Skipper said to me, he's, he was yeah. like, he checked the price and it was worth hundred pound. Um, but you can't, hey, it's sentimental value. You know, you can't put a price on that. Poor nanas. <laughs> and you'll pick off her hands. Um, let's get into it, Sai. Mm. Let's get going. Um, thank you for coming on to the Rockman podcast, by the oh, way. Pleasure, thank you for asking me. I'm really excited. Now, the listeners probably don't know, but we've obviously been almost lifelong friends. We went to school together front since secondary yeah. school. We've known each other for bloody years um, and still kept in touch. We still have pints to this day. Um, but I had to get you on. I've got my, I've got notes as well. So I see. So why are we talking to Simon? Why am I talking to one of my friends? But you're not just a friend. I, you have just launched uh, a brand new business with mental well-being at its core, right? Speak Easy Club, hmm. which we will talk about. We will get onto that. Get, 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 what is the Speak Easy Club? In just a couple of sentences before we move on. Um. I mean, it's a, it's a a unique experiences company, basically. But we put events on and various things. But it's uh, essentially everything we do is centered around our four values of um, fun, empathy, inquisitiveness, and authenticity. Um, I think it's really important that everything we do creates the environments that those four things can kind of thrive in, really, um, in, in a nutshell, in a yeah. quick way. Well, it resonates with obviously what we're doing at Rockman because we, although we're we're not mental wellness focused, we're mental resilience focused. The the benefits are felt in well being and, uh, and mental health and mental well being. Um, so it does resonate with Rockman, and that's why for your story would would also resonate with our listeners as well. Um, cool. It'd be some value. But not only that, you are an accomplished marathon runner. Now, <laughs> I like I'm um, I'm the founder of Rockman, right? I've not won. I've not run one official marathon. Now, how many of you ran? 
five. Yeah, got the sixth, sixth, sixth in um, October this year. Yeah, so it's it's like still t- still ticking them off. Yeah, trying to trying to. Um, you know, I don't think Mo Farah is too too worried when I step up on the start line. But, um, yeah, it's it's good, mate. It's good. You know, and I know a lot of your your athletes. Um, that are involved with Rockman, you know, there's, there's some stories will probably probably come on to them later on in the in the chat, which should be great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Synergy between mental well-being and mental resilience. And and when you when you messaged and said, look, would you have a chat about this? I thought, yeah, I think I would actually, because I think there's a lot of balance and there's a lot of, um, there's probably a lot of similarities actually, and maybe sometimes it's just down to language and wording. Mm-hmm. Um, and other things, again, we started off talking about the, the pod you released yesterday with Dr. Colin. It's the why. Why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that driver of motivation. And um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. We will get into that. We will be digging into that. Uh, I'm stopping myself there. I was, I was going to go now. Yeah, but, don't go yet. Don't get yet. Hold, it, hold the horses. But also like um, the... The sort of the third reason I wanted to get you on, I, I think your story is um, will relate and be of value to the listeners, is because obviously you've you've suffered with mental health, um, you've battled depression and severe anxiety. Um, I hope I'm not, you know, covering any ground that you don't want to talk about. It's all over your website, Simon. You have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's obviously that that comes from that's almost like worst case scenario of when your well-being is affected by life's challenges and stuff. So it, of course it, it fits in with Rockman, with what Rock, Rock, what Rockman are talking about. Um, and hopefully we can sort of get into sort of what was missing in your life and how did it come about? And hopefully the listeners will be able to recognize keys, signs, and then prevent anything that sort you know, prevent them from going maybe down similar roots and stuff like that um and they could get some tips on recovery as well because of course you, you have sort of come out the other side now um with the speakeasy um giving your life a new drive and a purpose and a meaning right mm. sorry i timed that terribly um <laughs> no I, I, absolutely and i and i like the way you've you kind of put that into three three phases um I, I really enjoy talking about it for, for two reasons. One, because I hope it does just help. My experience helps one other person and and all that. And hopefully it just creates those kind of environments where people go, oh, yeah, this is a thing. And, oh, yeah, this is rubbish. Um, but similarly, like really selfishly, it helps me because every time I talk about it, I find something new or I I understand something a little bit better. So it helps me on my kind of journey you know a big fan of using that word but it, it kind of encompasses everything doesn't it so um um and also as well like i really enjoy listening to you and and what you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. and again maybe we'll get into this later on but that's ultimately a little bit about what speakeasy is about as well championing people and telling them they're doing well and um i love people who ask questions you ask questions which is great i love people who follow their passions you follow your passion now with this um i know you'd love it to be a full-time thing as well one day mm-hmm. and i think that's just really cool mate it's not much more complicated than that like you know so long long may that continue definitely definitely when well, we will get into it as well 
Um, but first off, first question, Sig. Um, and if listeners don't realize why I keep calling you Sig, your nickname is Siggy, right? Yeah. Um, and no one's quite sure. If anyone's wondering out there, year five in primary school, it's just stuck. And no one no one knows where it's come from. So <laughs> it's one of them. Even, even my mother calls me it. So uh, yeah, go with it. So the first question is 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 who is Simon Clark at this moment? Who is he? What's what's his passions? What's his interests? Um, what does he do? Uh, you know, what's your, have you got a family? What, who is Simon Clark? Um oh, great, great question to start with. Yeah, so yeah, got superb wife uh, Louisa who follows her own passions as well she's been an incredible support um you know got a little two and a half year old lad Reggie um Reginald who is just we're super super lucky with him and he's great fun and really loving and he's kind of like the cliche of whenever anything's going wrong in life or whatever you know you you know you've got you've got two little ones as well they do make everything a little bit easier and yeah i'm just in a quite a good place at the moment and that's one of the big challenges is to kind of go it's all right to be all right and the the big thing one of the many things out there at the moment you know it's okay to to not to to not be okay which is totally true but when you get into that dark place and you really have got no value and no worth and you think you're no good at anything and blah, 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 like getting back up is wicked, but you also really struggle with like being happy and also really feel a bit guilty. So I'm doing all right. And we've, we've spoken a bit in the last week or so and, and we spoke last week and that was kind of me going, actually, well done, me. Well done, mate. Like you're doing all right. You know, you're in a good place. Don't try and take over the world because that's just not going to happen. Um, you've started a new business. You've got a, you've got some great pals. You've got a good family. You've got a balance of of what your your triggers are for the bad stuff, and I know what they are. And you also know how the antidote. You've got the antidote, but the antidote you can kind of just keep ticking along to to underpin everything. So, you know, the important things to me are going well. Going well, actually. Good. Bro, was that your computer making sound? Well, I can't apologise enough for that. Uh, hold the line, caller. That's, that's a five, five, five pound fine to charity. You have to I was going to say, fine, right. I'll, I'll fine, send a play with the money. <laughs> um, so I, it, I'm glad you're in a good space at the moment. And um, I think it's well-deserved. And obviously you invited me to the launch of Speakeasy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Last week now. And... I'm not saying this because you plied me with copious amounts of free wine. It was a fantastic event. And I think it's, it's, it's a fantastic um, business with uh, a, an honourable cause at its heart. Talk to me about the beginnings, Sig. Talk to me about the beginnings. What were you like growing up school in school? Um, what were you interested? Because you were a keen footballer, right? You played football. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners will know. You know, I was Sully Colts under 11s, players player and managers player of the year. Uh, I've probably still got the posters on the wall. I'm sure they have. Absolutely. I think I only conceded about 100 goals that season. Um, yeah, just love me sport, tennis, golf, football. Um, never really played rugby, was too scared. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, I guess, growing up, you know, just the sporty kid was not super popular, but not unpopular. I was kind of like, um, 
top half of the table, to use a, a football analogy or a rugby analogy, you know, pushing for Europe, so to speak. Um, and um, yeah, just just kind of a lot of good pals and a lot of acquaintances and, and seem to dip in at different groups. And yeah, just run of the mill, really. Uh, it seemed to go quite well. What were you like academically? Now, um, because obviously some of speakeasy stuff is it's all about learning, right? And progressing yeah. and self-improvement and reading. Uh, were you like that in school? Absolutely not. Um, I was awful. I think um, I like it. I was deputy head boy when we got into sixth form and I was told by one of the teachers that at our leavers dinner that I had enough votes to be head boy, but I just wouldn't do all the academic stuff and the stuff that they were supposed to do. So I thought there's no point. So I, so I self-appointed people's head boy. Um, but no, I, I, I wasn't really, I did a couple of VCEs for leisure and recreation. I think I did. I, I still couldn't tell you what that is to this day. I've got no idea. Um, history and media. No. And then I went to university Took a year out, went travelling, which is wicked. Uh, mutual friend of ours, Tom Edwards. We had a great time. Made some great friends, a lot of good memories. And I actually think looking back, it's a really interesting question. Looking back, that's where my kind of curiosity and inquisitiveness started. I just, when you're 18 years of age and you're landing in Auckland, New Zealand with your best mate from school and you're on your own. Like you are literally on your own. You've you've you you you've just got to do what you can. And back then, eighteen, we think's quite mature. You know, we can think back to what sort of stuff we were doing. I look at eighteen-year-olds now and go, "Blooming heck, how did we manage that?" And it was really interesting. I came back, went to university, uh, went to West of England in Bristol, doing property management investment. I've got to be an estate agent. Gonna happen. Like every, every young kid uh, aspires <laughs> to be an estate agent. <laughs> We're living every young kid's dream. Yeah, just under astronaut, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, emergency services, estate agent. Um, <laughs> no idea why. I remember a conversation um, with a little again mutual friend who was an estate agent in Panath and my father, and we met in the um, the Bears Head pub, the magical of places talking about the courses and they both we were talking about it and they both just looked up at one point and went why why do you want to do this like why are you not why are you not doing something to do with sport what's wrong with you um i said oh no i just really want to do it that's that's absolutely where i want to be i was re- i'm not very stubborn at all but i was really stubborn at that so unsurprisingly didn't go very well um stopped i changed course after the first year couldn't do it I think I think I walked into my first appraisal lesson and they said, who's done A-level maths here? And about three quarters of the tutorial put their hands up. And I went, Bloody hell, I had two years to get a C at GCSE. Is this what, <laughs> is this what it's about? <laughs> maybe they, maybe it's not just about people as being a state agent. Changed course after year one, did town and country planning. Um, hated it. Went off to Camp America. 2006 and did the summer in Cat America and I reckon that's where it all started I've done a lot of work on this in the last 18 months and I reckon that that three months in in America Camp Horseshoe absolutely awesome playing sport supporting and looking after um lads young lads 
And Americans have got a really different way at that age of looking at things. It's so, it's the just the opposite of the British way. They're just so upfront with stuff. Even at like seven and eight year olds, these kids are going away for like a month at a time. You can imagine like seven or eight year olds in, in here doing it. It just wouldn't happen. And they loved it. And the stuff I learned and the stuff I learned about people and different people and the way they engage, but the sense of community as well. It was unbelievable. You're getting kids coming back to the same place seven, eight years on a row. And same with counsellors. They don't just finish being a camper and go off and do something else. They come back and be a counsellor. There was some guys there, been over 20 years. And actually, I remember sitting back reflecting, going, this is actually really cool. This is actually a really cool kind of concept and an ethos and a togetherness. And there's a big respect there. And, 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 I, you know, I came back going, right, we're going to do this in the UK. This is what we're going to do. And they have like nine weeks off for their summer. We have, what, six or whatever it is. But I, again, looking back, I think that's where it all really started, was that summer in America. And just, uh, yeah, there's something about this. So weren't you involved in the tennis club as well, right? Were you involved in the tennis club? Yeah, yeah. so um, sport's been my life. Uh, tennis and tennis particularly played when I was started when I was five um, and when I, I came back from Cap America did like two months in university and went right this isn't for me hate it what am I gonna do and I remember my, ringing my father that dreaded conversation of ringing your father and go right I want to drop out of university after two and a half years and uh, he said no worries what are you gonna do and I went oh I'm gonna I'm going to get involved in tennis. I'm going to do some tennis coaching. I've done that for a bit in Camp America. It was my first kind of taste. I'm going to go do some tennis coaching. So went over the road to Ratchy Road in Penarth with Rob Cunningham. Did a bit of that. And um, next thing you know, I'm fast-tracked through my badges and I'm up in Clantricent, uh, up in the Ronda, up in Triorchy coaching, the heartlands of, of tennis in the UK. And... Um, you know, up and up on a Friday night, eight o'clock on a Friday night in Triorchy in in February, coaching tennis, having fireworks and bottles and stuff thrown onto the court, and you know, you've got you've got little little kids there, like, and they're terrified, but they just want to keep playing, but they're not phased. And you talk about mental resilience, and you talk about environments and communities, and it's fascinating, and 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 you know, not wherever people are listening, and I hope I hope people do. We're in, we're, we're in Panath, we're down here, and we haven't got a clue how lucky we are in the community we live. As soon as you go the other side of the M4, it's slightly different. The weather changes, the demographic changes, and then as you go up into the Welsh Valleys, I always find the people are just salt-of-the-earth people. But the things that might shock me and you, or even just surprise us, at such a young age, they don't up there. And it sounds so weird talking about that in terms of tennis and triorchy, but I, I developed a lot from those kind of 11 and 12-year-olds, learning from them how they reacted to these situations. It was right over the road from Triorchy Comp, and they, the kids would come down, and they'd have a massive fight on the green next to us. And I'm going, hang on a minute now, what's happening here? You know, this is mental. And the kids are like, oh, yeah, well, he's, he's fell out with him, they fell out with him over there, 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 there is mates, there is mates. Right, whose go is it now? They're mine, is it? And I'm ah. Right, uh, yeah, okay. And it's it's brilliant to reflect on it, and and I've, I've done an awful lot of it since 
you've you to be honest have developed rockman but also the stuff i've been through just to go god you can learn something from every single interaction every single day it's wicked it's so exciting it's funny because uh it's obviously worlds apart from these camp americas what you were experiencing yeah. there and you've, you've probably come back to wales thinking right i've learned all this stuff about community and teaching and just enjoying the essence of life and being outside i'm going to apply it down at uh Triorky tennis club and then just basically getting a slap around the face by the kids <laughs> i'll never i'll never forget doing some work for ron the current taft council and going up to penrith kaiba primary school in mount Ash. and uh i honestly i'm not lying to you taz this was 2006 2007 i went in and they said uh what's that i said i said what do you do with it well it's you know you know you so bit of bit of tennis. What's that then? These kids have never heard of tennis. They've never heard of Wimbledon and the things we take for granted. And of course, X Factor was on, and they were like, "You say man, you say Macau well, do Sharon, do Louis." And I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be a challenge." Okay, right. And it's just a know your audience, look who's in front of you, don't try and change the world. And I learned that from my father, 35 years, criminal defence lawyer. He's, he's, he's defended some horrible people. And I've seen him in environments change when you've got to look at the person in front of you to get the result that's necessary. Mm -hmm. um, and from a mental resilience point of view, again, I was talking to him recently. Yeah, it's you can dip and dive all the time. And I, I know I'm going off on tangents now. I apologise. But it's, it is all interchangeable, really. Yeah, it's, well, it's what they say. There's a golf term, isn't it? Play it where it lays, or something like that. Oh, absolutely. You've got, to, you've got to play it how it how it is. You've got to look at the surroundings, the environment, the person you're talking to, and adjust to suit that person. We all have several different, you know, I am several different people. You're several different people. Mm. It's depending who you meet, which person, which Simon you meet, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think that's where it all begins, really. And that's quite that's a really interesting conversation itself to go. Who's who's Terry, who like who are you? What makes you you? And are you, if you gave me an answer now, which you will in a minute when I stop speaking, <laughs> you know, are you being completely, completely honest with yourself and completely honest with me? Or are you really a version of what you think it should be? I have actually thought about this for a little bit before. Um, and who who am I? Which one of those Terry's is the real Terry? <laughs> and the conclusion I came up to is none of them. And, yeah. and all of them it's i am those several people i am not a single and i i think that's the same with everyone you call yeah that's, that's an interesting way yeah do, do you know what i mean like i i am i have to be all of those people to be me i can't be one single person i think everyone is every all the, several of these places um before we do go down a rabbit hole on a, <laughs> on a tangent. Yeah, talk, sorry, yeah. So talk, talk to me about the marathons. I've got the structure here, so I've got to stick, stick to my noted structure, see? I can't apologise enough. Talk to me about these marathons, because I'm, I'm telling, like, uh, and I include myself in this, to people to look at us, they're not going to think um, marathon runner or runner. How oh, very dead. <laughs> we are... In the larger end of the demographic of, uh, population, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, we're a certain type. Yeah, I think. Well, it, you know, there's more of us that you know. It's, we're we're full of more. Was it more cushion for the pushing? I guess. 
Amen um, to that, brother. Why the hell did you take on a, a, a marathon? Because you, you've never been a runner from what I understand. Oh, no, not at all. No. Um, I'm going to completely blame, because he's not a uh, Rockman athlete, Reese Jenkins. Um, I'll probably get a text when he sees this, but we were, we were sort of 2008, we were, Reese and I and his brother Scott and a bunch of you know good pals and what have you, enjoying our mid twenties, should we say, as uh, uh, frequenting certain establishments on a Thursday night uh, in Cardiff Town, and obviously he was training quite a lot. And I said, right, I want to do something. Half marathon can't be that hard, surely. Typical, like had a few scoops. Right, come on in. And me, him, me, Reese, and um, his brother Scott did the Cleckley Half Marathon in 2008. This is all began. And I set them off on a good pace because, as we know, I know they're Rockman athletes and they're, they're pretty resilient. You know, they're not quite up to my level yet. <laughs> they get in there. We set off on a pace and the three of us were dipping and diving in between all these, these, these people. And I thought, oh, come on, guys. Well, what's happening? You know, got a bit big. Got to the first mile mark. I looked at my Strava and it was like, six minutes 17 or something for the first mile and i literally fell off a cliff and went right there is no way i can keep this going see you boys Ta-da! and uh i never ran a race with them ever again uh it was it was a great baptism of fire uh i ended up doing a 159 or something which technically is still my personal best in a half marathon and as the next six months went on, we, we Reese and I were, were, again, sadly, we're in the pub as all these things happen. And we were chatting away and, and he said, I fancy a marathon. I said, oh, um, I'll do one if there's a silly one. She said, what's a silly one to you then? Oh, imagine there's one in Las Vegas. 12 hours later, we got home, found out the first ever marathon in Las Vegas was happening that December in 2009. Right, we're in, booked in, done. I didn't train anywhere near enough as you should for a marathon. And if anyone's listening to this thinking that you don't need to do that much training, believe me, you really do. It's really blooming hard. And I think, again, I can, I'll finish this bit about this marathon and then we'll go into maybe again, similar stuff that Dr. Colin was talking about yesterday. And then there's a, I've got a couple of additions as a, as the four other marathons go on then. But it was really interesting that we did it, rocked up, started. It's Las Vegas in December. It's minus three when it starts. Six o'clock in the morning. It's ridiculous. And you, you, you've got no concept. Like, you've done half marathons, right? Yeah, many. I've done... That's the that's my race. I am a half marathon man. I, 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 I'm I going to do a lot less marathon in, in October this year, and I am absolutely hanging up my marathon boots. Like, I'll come on to... You've come said on. that at the end of every bloody marathon. Yeah, I have, yeah. No, I really am this time, and I'll come on to... I'll come on to why. And this is part of the why I think you wanted to we wanted to have a chat and the um, the mental resilience piece. Um I always remember Reese Reese Jenkins, you know, everyone knows him. What a guy, what an incredible like athlete. And in terms of his he won't mind me saying it's stubbornness, you know, um is why he's achieved what he's achieved. It's it's incredible. But for me, the thing I always remember is I'm I've, we're going into Vegas, into the suburbs, and I'm coming up the mile 14 marker where we turn right to go to the top of the road. And then it's eight miles all the way down. And as I'm coming up this turn, Reese's on the other side of the road. So he's about 
five miles ahead of me, understandably. And he's like, he's like, clacky, 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 what's happening? What's happening? Oh, Reese, fair play, mate, fair play. And he goes, I've done my quad, I've done my quad. And he's, his, his quad is just completely shot. He is still going at a pace. I don't think I drive my car. <laughs> right? He's going. And I was just like, wow, that's incredible. Fair play. And I eventually finished. It was like five hours, 26 or something I finished. And when we got in, we're having a beer. And I was just, I honest to God, I, I don't think I've ever told him this, actually. And I, I will do. I guess I am now, technically, if he's listening. I, would, I was in awe of him. I was in awe of what he was able to achieve and push through that pain barrier. I know that's an awful lot of what Rockman's about as well, which is why I thought it was important just to, to put this story out there because he just went, do you know what? I'm going for it. We're doing a marathon. We're, 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 we're going we're gonna to achieve this. And his quad was in all sorts of trouble, but that never stopped him. Mm. And I remember sitting back in awe of him going, wow, fair play, mate. Fair play. And... Yeah, I when I got overtaken by five older ladies dressed as nuns at about mile <laughs> 21, I went, I just want to finish this now. I am not having fun. I don't want to do it. And as you quite rightly pointed out, Terrence, you know, that's when you go, right, never doing another one ever again. Never, it's not happening, not doing it. But... Sorry, last time I'll say it, but again, Dr. Collins, probably you were talking yesterday, which I thought was just fantastic, was you do, you get excited and go, right, come on, Em, what's next? What are we doing next? Because you get this high, you know, I've never never taken drugs of any sort, so we've had this conversation as well, you know, never done any, so I don't know what that kind of, that particular high is, but I get it in a sense of, you've been running for five and a half hours, slash walking, and what are we doing next, boys? Right, where are we going next? Right, come on then. Yeah, I can't move my legs. I can't do it, right? I really did enjoy it. But where are we going next? What's the next one? Yeah. In 2010, then, we did Nice to Cannes, which was brilliant. Um, really flat, really nice, really interesting. Um, 20, gave it a miss then, tendonitis. And you talk about, this is, I, my, Honestly, if you talk about where does my mental resilience come from, I honestly think when I had tendonitis in both knees and couldn't walk, couldn't run, couldn't play tennis, couldn't do anything, I honest, I think I worked harder on that than I did with the depression. On the tendonitis? Yeah. Do you, why is that? I think because at the time... It was a physical debilitation. And I wasn't able to physically function properly. Couldn't do the things I really enjoyed. Couldn't, I struggled to walk and, and, and general day to day was really tricky. The depression was more, obviously it's more of a psychological thing and it's more of a brain thing. And more often than not, and crikey, there were some there were some tough days. Like I could go up the shop, I could move, I could I could I could walk about, I could pick Reg up, I could do I could do that stuff. And I think reflecting back now, it's really interesting to go: why is a physical illness, uh, illness injury, more debilitating than a mental one? Or is it? Or is it? 
and that's a really good, really good pushback. Because, I mean, look what the the mental one did to you. Yeah, should, yeah. Should we, we could move on to it if you want. If this is the right time. Yeah, sure. Move on to that. Yeah, yeah. Paint me a picture, Simon. What what was life like leading up to that, and sort of what happened? Was there a trigger? Was there a cause, or was it something that gradually happened over time? Um, and how were you suffering, uh, sort of physically and emotionally and mentally? Um, I, I, I don't think there was a trigger, and the only reason I hesitate is, you know, I still think about this kind of, well, not kind of, every day. And I'm still managing it now, and it was May twenty. Well, what year are we are now? Twenty two, twenty one, May twenty one. And my wife had um, been going to therapy and been struggling a little bit, as well as after we had our, our boy Reg. And she was on the upward trajectory, and she was doing really well. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, and I went, oh, I'll, I'll go back to talking therapy again. Then I'll just go and have a chat and and see. Because just before I get into that, I will go back to 2016, which was the first time things started going wrong. So I was in a particular job. I was general manager of a national governing body in Wales, out of my depth, didn't know what I was doing. I was using alcohol as a crutch. Um, I was, my anxiety was through the roof. Um, didn't, just did literally didn't know what I was doing. I went back to counselling, didn't know what was going on, all the while training for Munich Marathon. And my excuse was, oh, well, I can eat rubbish. I can have a burger and a, a good few beers and glasses of wine and what have you. I just run 16 miles as part of my training. But there was all this going on behind it. And when I when I what I used to do is when I ran a marathon, I'd give myself two weeks off and go, right, do whatever you want, drink what you want, eat what you want, whatever you've earned it. And this was this was now getting it, this was October um 2016. And we got into the November, and I just I literally it, I fell off a cliff. November 2016, November the 7th. And I, I just fell off a cliff and was crying and just went, I need to quit my job. I can't do it. I can't do what's going on. And I sat back and looked, literally had to get my wife and my father's permission to be able to do it. And once I got that, I sat back and I went, right, honestly, this headache, I didn't even know I had because it had been there for so long, just started to disappear. And I looked back and for three months, Every day for three months, I'd I'd had a couple of beers or a glass of wine, never too much, but as a bit of a crutch just to get through the day to manage the anxiety. The anxiety was so bad, I then had to have a sleeping tablet every night to sleep. It's the knock-on effect, isn't it? And I went, oh, my God. And that night, it was the 8th, apologies, it was November the 8th, 2016, I can tell you it for sure. I went to bed without a drink and without a sleeping tablet for the first time in three months. And it was just like, wow. Okay. And I, and I laugh about it. Now the boys that did my brother, my, you know, my brother, he, um, he did Munich with us and I was great value for like the two days leading up to it. The morning of the marathon, he'll tell you, I was possibly the worst company you will ever find in your life ever. Just didn't want to do it. Hated it. Hated the world fighting everyone. And that was obviously what was going on inside me. Changed my job. Fast forward. May 2021. 
I've gone back and I'm in a very similar position to what I'm in with you now, online with a therapist. And she said, right, so just talk me through it. What's what's going on? Oh, well, I don't really think I don't really think much is happening. But I'm crying all the time for no reason. And I can't concentrate. And like I'm just exhausted. And I don't want to do the things I used to love. And like I just haven't been happy. I don't know what happy feels like. I, I don't I don't think it's real. Right. Do you think you're depressed? So I don't know. I've got no idea. What's it look like? Oh, okay, fine, fine. Five minutes later, she went, yeah, you're severely depressed. And the anxiety is absolute. They are like best mates. Um, they hang out together. And it was literally like, right, there we are. Thanks very much. I'll um, see you next Monday then. Close the computer down. I was like, ah, what? <laughs> it's the bombshell. Yeah. Yeah. Like mic drop. Ta-da. And... I was sat in, I lit, honestly got like literally, I was in this chair. He sat back like this, going, What, what do I do? I, I won't swear, but you know, what do I do now? And fast forward to so six or seven weeks, I had a few more sessions and just, in, just trying to learn a bit more about it, trying to understand. Oh, but there's resources on the website, there's resources online. Resources tell you exactly how you're feeling already, so they don't help in any way shape or form and this is and this is actually this period it kind of is my inspiration for speakeasy to a large extent and i sat uh, and it was june and i was just couldn't stop crying there was this one weekend in june where i was just crying constantly couldn't concentrate i was shouting at red shouting at louise it was awful and okay i can laugh now it wasn't at the time but i had reg on, on my own and um he did something which is absolutely for a two-year-old was totally fine. And um, I shouted at him totally unnecessarily. And he started crying. I started crying. The door went, the postman's there. I opened the door and me and him, I'm cuddling him. He's crying. I'm in tears. Looking at him. All right, mate. Uh, what, do I do? what do we do? Yeah, well, just give me the thing. Took it in, closed the door. Right. We've got to do something here. And on that Sunday in June, typical Welsh day, it was tipping down. And I went to Barry Island, um, famed for Gavin and Stacey, obviously. And there's a there's a particular headland, I think you know, in between um, Whitmore Bay and Jackson's Bay. Yeah. I just went for a walk. And I, I'm just going, something needs to change, something needs to change. And, and my wife, Louise, is incredible. Like, she's just the best person ever. And... Um, it's like somebody needs to change something. And I, and I went and I stood right on the edge of this cliff and I never thought about doing anything. I never thought about anything final, but I remember standing there going, I get it. I get, I get why people get to that point. I get why some people lose all hope and I get why they don't think they're valued or they have no self-worth and i get it i just get it and whether there was that little bit of resilience we talk about rockman resilience right i think i had a little bit i had a little bit of rockman resilience left in me right and i honestly honest to god mate honest to god and i've been waiting for this i think it's from what you're doing here and what you're trying to achieve with that resilience and making it a common conversation and making it a thing that people really understand and engage and embrace and, and really want to be part of. 
I think subconsciously that's what helped me. And I think that subconsciously, I know I've got a great, you know, I've got a great friend network, great family network. I'm sure that's, that's it. Not everyone has that. Not everyone has that. I'm sure I had a little bit of Rockman resilience in me that made me go, right, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to do something to turn around, go home, get some time off work and just sit down and go, depression is, I'm sorry, I, my mother's given me permission to swear when it comes to this sort of stuff. So uh, swear, you know, swear. depression is shit. It's as simple as that. Anxiety is shit. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me and also the worst. And I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But oh, I'm, I'm really pleased for me and my family and my friends and everything that, that it's happened and I've been able to learn and understand and pick away at a few things to, to build on it. Well, sometimes um, the, the worst situations in life can actually be some of the best for us. Absolutely, mate. I totally agree with that. I totally, the, totally agree with that. Yeah, they give you a chance to reassess your priorities and really figure out what's important to you. And it allows you to drop the baggage of the, the stuff that's weighing you down. Um, I think we can pick up a lot of bags along the way in life, um, the stuff that weighs us down. And, and sometimes you need, <laughs> you know, as bad as a situation it was, but a chance to sit down, reflect, find out what's important, find out, you know, what's wrong and what's important to you in order for you to progress and move forward. So, yeah, I completely agree. Totally agree. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What? I want to know what the cause was, Sai. I mean, I mean, I, I suppose as humans, we're all about cause and effect. And sometimes it like there is no bloody cause. It just is. But for you, was this like what was work like? What was what was suffocating you? You know, what was what was put in this pressure on you day to day for it? And I always talk about this. I, I, I always say it's other than a sort of traumatic experiences, maybe a, a partner dying, you get sacked, you lose your home, stuff like that. I always find it's a slow burner. It starts, it, I find it starts from when you leave school. That's this per, my personal opinion. And you lose that structure and you're all on your own and you've got to find your way in life. And then life, as I say, those bags you pick up along the way, and then it's like 15, 20 years later, that's, when, that's your breaking point. It doesn't happen over two, one, two, three years. Is that... Is that does that resonate with you or, or was there other issues? What, what, what was weighing you down? Um, it totally resonates with me and other bits and bobs, I think. I think what, what I, again, one of the questions that um, in talking therapy I was asked was when, when was the first time you kind of felt this feeling of not wanting to do something that you really enjoy? And um, I never said it to him, actually. But um, it was 2012. I was best man for my mate, joint best man. And it was his stag to do where I didn't want to go. I was, I'd just broken up with a long-term girlfriend. Um, my, my choice. And um, I just didn't want to go on a stag. I was organising it. Good bunch of boys, good place. There was nothing to do with anyone that was involved in that. I, I love my mate a bit, still do. Um, I didn't want to go. I, I absolutely dreaded it. And there's been a number of occasions through that. So we're talking nearly 10 years now. This has been building for 10 years. So the trigger 
was not getting a job. That on that Thursday night was the not getting the job and the next three days leading to that Sunday at Barry Island. You know, that was the trigger and the straw that broke the camel's back. But I think there were some behaviours for me, you know, I, similar. I like the bag analogy, totally like that. I was taking on my bags and everybody else's bags um, and was working all the way through COVID and had like 75% less in my team, but had to do just as much. So me and my uh, the, the two that were in basically just were just taking on everything. Um, I was struggling with re- certain relationships in my life as well, just professional and personal relationships with certain people, just in terms of putting boundaries in and and understanding what's my problem, what's their problem, how does that work, how does that impact me. In the weirdest way, I don't think having a child actually made anything different. I really don't. Um, I didn't enjoy, in fact, I hated the first 18 months of Reg's life. Really? Yeah. And that was nothing to do with him. Like, what a super, 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 super little lad. Like, just what a legend. And it was a culmination of everything. Took a lot on from my wife's family, my family, you know. There was a there was an awful lot that I just took on and I didn't have the gateway. I didn't I didn't pull the drawbridge up at any time to go just because I'm pulling the drawbridge up doesn't mean I don't care. Mm. It just means I got a few things going on back at the ranch that I need to just manage a bit. And if I can manage that. And I remember so it was July 2021 when I was off. It was the third week into me being signed off with work where I was bathing Reg and I enjoyed it. And it was the first time in his life I enjoyed bath time. And I loved it. I got I got this elation, this just, wow, okay, I've got energy here. I can do this. And then I sat on the bed afterwards when he went down. I just cried for 10 minutes. Like, But I cried in a relief. It wasn't a sadness. It was a relief to go, oh, my God, I can feel something other than just sadness. Oh, my God, this is amazing. If this is what it's about, I'm well up for this. Like, you know, and I'll always remember that and... Yeah, it's 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 a real challenge, and there's loads of stuff I did. I can t- I can talk about well whether we want to do it now or if you've got your I know you've got your sheet and your questions. No, we, I mean we could crack on uh, if if there's something you want to talk about. I, I just think you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be. You've got to put yourself in a position to be scared and to find out stuff that you might not like about yourself. And it might not be that bad, but you've got to go, Sign, this isn't working. You think this is a really cool behavior helping everybody. You're actually not, mate. You're not helping them. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping your family. You're not helping anybody. And you're getting yourself in a pickle. And what do you do when you get in a pickle? Oh, oh no, it's all right. I, you know, I only have two or three pints. Don't have anything while I get home. Yeah, well, hang on. But why do you need that? Like, why Why is that a thing? And you start unpicking it all. And um, my relationship with alcohol, for example, is just totally different. I've had, and I, I said this to Louisa, I've had four sleeping tablets in the last five years. 
even when Reg was even when Reg was just born, you know what it's like with a newborn. You're like, right, I just need sleep. Didn't go there because I went right. No, cool, we can manage this. It's my relationship with those crutches, but I've worked on it. Talking therapy. I read loads of different books. I love podcasts. I need to find out about myself and how I work and how other people work. I love how you work. I am desperate to know why Rockman. Why? Wh- where did I come from? What was the driver? Like, why are you so passionate about it? Do you want me to say? <laughs> Over to you. Uh, why Rockman? So uh, there was this. There's been sort of two um, times in my life where I have felt um, like my mental well-being was suffering. Now I'm not going to say I ever had a mental illness, though probably in hindsight or reflection, maybe there was some of that. I don't know, but I, I don't feel I went down, you know, I, I never got to as bad as um, where, where you've been describing. But then I heard a great saying the other day that you don't need to be in a car crash to know the value of seatbelts, right? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what happened um, the first time was after university, I think for about six years after the university, had left the uni, got a job. All of a sudden, I've got money, bought a flat. I've got a flat and money. This is fantastic. Living my best life, drinking. I think I was drinking like three nights a week, like properly out down the pub, takeaways most nights, um, smoking, you know. So easy, isn't it? It's just oh, so yeah. But it, it was a build. It was a slow burner over years. Um and I was, you know, I wasn't stressed in work or anything like that. It was just, but it was the state of health that I got myself into. And I remember there was this looking at myself in the mirror one day and going, "What the hell?" I was like, um, I was obese, you know, on the BMI scale, hugely obese. Uh, I was, my hair looked greasy, my skin looked greasy, my skin looked pale. I had bags under my eyes because I wasn't getting good sleep. And I was, um, and one of the big ones. I'm going to sound soft as shit now, but uh, didn't have a missus. And I longed for one. I really did because my friends had. Girls, you know. Sorry, can I just sorry to interrupt? Can I just? Why do you think that soft as shit? Oh, it's just you know it's lovey dovey stuff, isn't it? That's that's all. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just uh, you know we all we all do want one, but it's you know there isn't. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, and it's just no. Embrace it. It was a embrace turn of phrase. It was a turn of phrase. <laughs> embrace the pain. Pain is love when you when you're married. That's absolutely sure. absolutely. Um, but it was. I turned my life around. Like uh, th- there was a moment I was like, right, I've got to do something. And I'd always done challenges. I've always done little half marathons before this happened. And I knew that that's what my life was almost missing. You need, I needed a purpose. I needed a meaning. I needed to target something to aim for. Why am I here? What am I doing day to day? A responsibility to stop me going up the pub. The responsibility to stop me eating crap smoking someone to keep me on the straight and narrow and uh, i signed up for a white collar boxing fight and uh i trained my ass off for three four months lost a shed shed almost three stone like that's that's how much i was overweight at the time Mm. um didn't drink didn't smoke uh ate clean for three months and I, i i realized i was like there's something in this you need a focus. This is why I'm not a- against fitness for the sake of fitness. But if you're going to do fitness, you need to have a goal and something you're working towards. In fact, you, your therapist might have even be, uh, prescribed this, but I, and I know they do. 
you need targets and goals and aims in your life and something mm. to look for. But they've got to be realistic and it's got to be gradual. So I did that, turned it around. It was great. So then about a year or so later, so I, I felt good about myself. I got a new job. I was great. I started to see friends suffering. This is, this is, this is the point where Rockman came. Yeah, I get that. Get I, that. I started to see friends suffering. And I was like, right, you, I've, I've got this message that I know can help you. I don't know about you, but you see a lot of friends from school that after school, they, they don't do any sort of fitness. They don't do anything because there's, there's no PE classes all of a sudden. Um, mm. And I knew, and they were su suffering mentally. And I was like, look, I know if you just set yourself a goal and a target and give yourself a bit of purpose and meaning, set out a plan, a training plan, do your nutrition. I know you're going to get so much benefit from this. And um, so I started the run, the, the first iteration of Rockman, the run, which was a running club for people. And it, it built up quite nicely. I had three or four or five of my friends going every weekend. I could see the benefits they were getting from this. They were loving it. And, um, and then I was like, right, I don't want to work where I'm working all my life. I'd like to eventually have my own business. And there's something in this. People, I think it's a good, um, if you've ever got a business, if your friends are getting involved willingly, mm. then it's a good cue that you've got something there. Because I don't think friends will always back. <laughs> Believe it or not, not, they won't always back. No, no. Um, so that's where Rockman came from, in a nutshell. I'll probably have to edit that down. I went on for a while. I've never really told the story. That's why it was probably a bit too clumsy and all over the place. Um, and, that, and that's why I asked. Yeah, and then what? it built from there. So it, it was just online, started doing things about resilience and... Um, we are where we are now. So what we don't do in life, I don't think, is we don't um, ask enough questions. I don't think we um, actually care about other people's passions. I think we will always say, oh, I, I've got so much on. Oh, I've been this, I've been that. We've got family. Blah, blah. Yeah, we have. Yeah, 100%. And again, I'm, I'm glancing at my notes up here on the board. I, when I was listening to... Dr. Collins podcast and you had, you both had a conversation around time and we've all got the same time and we, there, we make the time. And I think they were some of the conversations for me is prioritizing the time. The time is the time. And, and, and there are some things I prioritize the time for more than others. Like I'm supposed to be going to London for two days tomorrow and, and Thursday for a meeting. And I looked at it and went, actually, that two-hour meeting I'm going for tomorrow, I just don't, I don't need to. I can dial in online and do that just as effectively. And I'm quite happy having a long day going up and back Thursday. And I'll get so much more done. I could spend some time with Reg, probably even go out for lunch with Louisa, which we haven't done probably for the last God knows how many years. And that's just a priority. That's what this is all about. No one asks you where Rockman came from. Rockman, not Rockman. Not sure what that's about. That's it. It's one word. I bet no one tells you they're proud of you either today. No, not really. And I am. Nice. I really am, mate. I really am. Again, as I said to you, there's a little bit of that Rockman resilience that's, that's in me. I think from looking at you developing your own business, your passion, which is where I've got with Speakeasy, 
people's people always go, you know, you've got your Rockman top on there. I got my speakeasy top on. <laughs> oh, look at you with all the Look at you with that. I go, it's not, it's not about the brand or the merch. I'm so proud of what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. I'll always wear my Wednesday kit because I'm just really proud. So that's me. I'm really proud of being a Wednesday fan. Like that's and that's why this is so important to me. That's why Rockman's so important to you. And I think that's okay. That's really cool. And there's this culture that and potentially it's men, potentially it's blokes that don't really do it. But you know, women are great at it. Oh, you look great in that. Oh, it's a lovely dress. Oh, you yeah, blokes don't do it. Taz, I'm so proud of you, mate. What you're trying to achieve. And I'm proud of me, selfishly. I'm really proud of me from where I where I was on that cliff and in Barry Island that 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 June Saturday, that June Sunday. You know, we're doing all right. We're doing all right, mate. And 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 I think there's a lot of other people out there that don't get told that. And it's a really cool place to be when you get there. I mean, but before we go on, I'm very proud of you that you're actually you're going like a. Pav, our Rockman ambassador, he had a good uh, analogy. He said, you need to find something that you're passionate about, your target, and head towards it like a self-projecting missile that nothing's going to get in your way. And it's nice to see that you're doing that about with uh, speaking. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. There's a lot lot of synergy between the two brands, I think, which is great. And as as friends as well, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for your professional support, but also for your your, your friendship as well. Got to do it. Got to do it. And uh, so let's talk about Speakeasy then. So how did it come about then? So you've, you've obviously had, can I call it a breakdown? Is it a breakdown or is that the wrong terminology? Yeah, yeah I don't mind. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, I, never, I never really referred to it. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, whether it is or not, we'll just, but you had your, you, you were suffering from mental illness. And you overcame that, right? You, you went through your therapies and then you had this idea. So I get in the similar vein to Rockman, it's like, wow, this worked for me. Mm. I've got a message here that will be of value to others. Is that, is that true? Is that what happened? Yeah, not, not, not too far off, actually. Um, I'll try and bookend it really, kind of really concisely. Um, so January last year, um, myself and, and, two mutual friends of ours, Dave and, and Ross. Um, we'd meet 4.30 till 6.30. We were socially distanced, absolutely. And we'd share a couple of glasses of wine, that's all. Just, it was a hard stop at 6.30, that was it. But we needed it. You know, we all needed that social interaction. And we said, um, right, so the wine we drink, it's not just off the shelf. It's really important. There's got to be a story to it. So whether that's a story with the winemaker or, or it's personal to you or whatever it is. And we do it and we take it in turns each week and um, we talk through the story. There's some fascinating things. We had a particular wine, for example, I think Dave bought, um, it was uh, from Lebanon, Chateau Moussa, fantastic Cabernet Sauvignon. And he went, um, I said, I've never had any Lebanon wine. Like, what on earth is this about? And um, he said, yeah, basically, they only pick the grapes because of the sniper fire. So they only go at night to pick the grapes because snipers are out at that time. And you're like, right, that's quite interesting. Okay. 
And as we moved on, we talked about other things and we talked about challenges that we were all kind of going through at that time. And it helped. It was really interesting. So speakeasy as a concept, as a the 1920s traditional prohibition era, you know, don't talk about it to we're talking about mental health here and we're talking about helping people, which we traditionally don't talk about. And as the months went on in 2021, whilst I was off work, so the summer months going into autumn, I sat down and I went, right, well, I really love reading. I've got oh, nearly 300 books downstairs. I enjoy learning about wine. I love my podcasts, love documentaries. I always get asked, what are you reading? What are you listening to? What, what, what are you watching at the minute? So surely there's a place to put all those things in, in one area that people can access which is coming out now. You're very welcome to join up on the uh, newsletter, speakeasyclub.co.uk. The link will be in the in the show notes below, <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> um, and it's just really interesting to hear what people are learning. So I've, I've got an email tomorrow to send to you to go, right, what are you, Terry, what are you as Rockman learning? What are you watching, listening to? And, and what we do is we just, we create this environment where learning's cool. And I'm a massive fan of the more we learn of something, I think I might have said it earlier in the pod, the more we learn about something that's fun, the easier it is to learn about stuff that's difficult. And that's what's helped me with my depression and the anxiety. And I went, I bet there's something here. I love putting on events. I love hosting things. I love bringing people together with these shared experiences. So it was just one of those things to go, Let's let's just see how it goes, and um, fingers crossed. So far, you know it's um, it's going well. And we talk about sorry, the last thing just yeah, sure. With every every business, what's a measure of success? You know, what does success look like to you? And um, obviously, as far as my wife's concerned, it's revenue and it's paying the mortgage, which is absolutely true. But you know, you've got you've got two little ones as well. We've got loads of friends that have got little kids, and 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 Reg is my driver, two and a half. If we're in the rugby club in twenty years' time, and we're having a pint, and he turns around and he says, "What do you mean, Dad? If you've got something in your head that you don't understand, you you didn't used to talk about it. Of course you do. How else are you gonna solve it? That'll do me. That's success to me. That is. So, fingers crossed." So you want to make it as it's part of culture to be inquisitive, to talk about things and not, you know, it's not just mental health, is it? It's just about things, but about what we enjoy and that in itself, that serves the well-being. Absolutely. I think it's acceptance, isn't it? It's acceptance of what people like, what they want to do, what they don't want to do, which is totally cool. Mm. The, the big thing for me, I remember you sharing books and I think it was the yeah. Atomic Habits. Um someone clear what who's, who's uh, james that? clear yeah that, that, that's a book I, I recently purchased i haven't started it yet it's still on the shelf but i remember thinking ah someone else likes reading books mm. like me um because i tell you there's no one none of my, no one in my friend's circle that i could go hey guys do you want to read that they'll be like bagger off mate we're going yeah. to the pub for a pint and it, it was nice to have to know that there's there's an area or an outlet there that perhaps we can share i'll tell you the funny thing is we were talking about conversations earlier and how i i sort of almost believe that most of the time people aren't having a dialogue they're just waiting for this 
turn to speak. I suppose in a way we've got to start to learn to listen as well. Like that's, that's a key part of conversation, but it's now you're asking your members, what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Well, that's great because those people are waiting for those questions. They, I'd love someone to ask me, recommend me a podcast, Terry. And I'd go, of course, the Rockman podcast. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like a particular episode coming up soon with a certain chap. Uh, lovely, lovely looking chap. <laughs> but it's absolutely. I, I've got I've got this advice to give, but no one ever asks it. So people don't. Yeah. They don't ask, and by nature, we like we love to talk about ourselves. We really do. Um, but there's this, I don't know what it is. It's a, I don't want to say stigma. That seems a little bit too much, but people think you're a bit arrogant or you're showing off when you talk about yourself. You're not at all. I'm looking at your T-shirt there, and I'm looking at Rockman. And I've asked the question, and I've got a load more questions for you next time we're in the pub. But... <laughs> I lo- but I love learning about it because you're proud of it. And that is what's important. You're not showing off. And we've got friends. We've got a, a best friend of both of ours. Dave James will call him out on this. He's the worst because some of the things he's achieved in his professional career are simply mind-blowing. And the concept of someone, he, he won't mind me saying this because I'll have a dig next time he, we see him. But the concept of someone praising him and telling him that we're proud of him, and God, mate, that's really cool what you've just done there. Like, he hates it. Mm. I get it, and I'm not calling him out on this because I call him out in private. Uh, I wouldn't say anything publicly that I wouldn't do privately. But it's about saying you're proud of you, mate. You've done brilliant. And it's about taking that extra moment to understand just a little bit more I love what you said there about learning to to listen a bit more. It's listening to understand, isn't it? Listening to understand, not just to listen to respond. That's the the most important piece. I've always um, lived by that. I I love asking questions when I meet people. It's something I had to learn because I used to love talking about myself. Um, But then Mm -hmm. I learned, actually, people have got fascinating stories, man. And if you just ask them the right questions, you'll get everyone. I truly believe this. Everyone's got a fascinating story, no matter how boring you may feel personally. You Totally agree with you. Totally agree. um, We've all gone through struggles for our lives to get where we are today. Um, And I love asking questions. And then when they ask me questions, I get a bit like I was earlier. I was like, oh, God, I I almost don't like answering then um, about me. But that's something I've got to work on. So sorry to interrupt. Sorry, but just just really quickly. That's what Speakeasy is about, is going, let's create those environments where that's actually okay, And we can help you feel okay to talk about the thing you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it's blooming heck. It's going to take time. But... We're all in it together, mate. We're all in it together. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe a piece of advice from one, well, in in inverted commas, entrepreneur to another. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It does take bloody long because I've I've realized that you look at the success stories of, say, you know, the Ben Francis's with Jim Shaw, who've become a billion dollar, billion dollar company in like six or seven years. And you you, sometimes you're wondering, like, why isn't my business like that? Why hasn't it happened? But then you realize, that the vast majority of businesses take years. I was speaking to someone, oh, I can't remember, from a business recently, and they said it took them 
four years or four or five years until they took any sort of meaningful wage off the company. So they really are slow burners. So don't get deterred. Use the Rockman resilience. Keep powering through, basically. No, I absolutely will, mate. That's And there's that, that solidarity, I think, that we need to just keep together. It's really yeah. exciting. What's the most important thing you've learned in life, do you think? And that could be from anything. It could be come through your struggles with mental health. It could be come from your sporting days. It could come from your marathons. It could come from your father. But what do you think is the most important thing you've learned? Be true to yourself. And there's a big journey there to understand what being true to yourself means. And we talked about the whole talking therapy and being vulnerable thing, which I'm a huge advocate of but i think just if you enjoy something mate enjoy it don't apologize don't apologize for it like just because someone else goes oh you're doing that for oh there we are don't worry about it you love it you enjoy it because it's only you at the end of the day and you're the one that goes to bed every night. You're the one that wakes up every morning and you're the one that puts on the clothes and you do the activities, you do whatever. Just be true to yourself and be proud of it. Be proud of yourself. Take, it takes a while sometimes. I'm learning that. But be proud of it. It's, it's sad to see people um, affected by other people's opinions and not doing the things they love because through fear of judgment. Um, mm. I've got a, my own personal mantra which is, you know, I swear now, speak, listeners, pause it if you want, uh, is fuck them. That, that, that is a personal mantra of mine because... You, you I get it, I get it. Yeah, you're going to meet so many naysayers throughout your life. And <laughs> believe you me, I've met them. I've had... <laughs> so, some of them are very close friends. Um, but if you'd listen to them, if I'd listened to them, if I hadn't... If I'd, if I'd taken it on board... I'll, I'd do no, I would do nothing that I enjoyed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't apply myself to anything. So, so it's so important. I think you're, you're bang on with that. Be true to yourself. I think that is almost, um, that has to be the most important thing to be. I mean, self, you know, the self, understanding, identity, who we are, um, is at the pinnacle of our hierarchy of needs. Um, and so you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head there. You've got it right. That is... I agree. We've got we've got the most important muscle in our brain. In our sorry, in our brain, our brain is the most important muscle. And when we get criticised for going to therapy, or people go, "Oh, you, you, you're still doing that, are you? Oh, you're doing talking therapy. All oh, right, okay." People do feel a bit affronted. They feel a bit like ashamed, and they feel a bit like, "Hang on a minute," but no one will bat an eyelid about going to the gym. Yeah. No one, no one would bat an eyelid about taking your car to the garage. Or seeing a physio. There we are. That's a physio. Yeah. No one would. Hang on a minute. This thing in here is my most valuable resource, right? So I got to look after him. Simple as that. And it's taken me a while to do that, but I encourage it. I totally encourage it, and I think it's great. I'm really excited about it. What's the future for SIG and Speakeasy? 
So, yeah, just going to really, just really enjoy rolling out Speakeasy and creating those environments, putting events on, supporting people to be proud of themselves, embrace their passions, get them to a point where, you know, if they want to push on and embrace the suffering, it's one place to send them to. And I think it's really important that, you know, we're just known for just having a conversation where it goes. I think signposting is going to be what we want to do. Signpost to those other places. Um, I'd love to do a, a sub five hour marathon in Loch Ness that like, if I could do that, like 4.59.59, I'd shake hands all day and just be like, right, that would mean, the honestly, that would mean the world to me. Um, if I don't, 5.16 is my personal best at the moment. So to be honest, anything better than 5.16. You said you're going to hang up your boots after this. I am. You never said why. You said there was a reason why. Oh, I just don't want to do it anymore, Tess. <laughs> I just, I'm so proud of myself that after, you know, 10 months ago, I was sitting in my front room with all my running kit on. I sat there for two hours, headphones in my ears, daps on, couldn't do it, couldn't get out the house, couldn't walk the shop. The anxiety and depression was so bad. I just couldn't do it to the point of signed up for this, really fancy it. It's quite downhill, lovely. Um, I don't want to do marathons anymore because it's not just about the day. It's about the training. The, the marathon is the training. The, the, the marathon on the day is a chance, like oh. Dr. Cole said, a chance to celebrate. Absolutely. Hard work, you know? Thank you. Yeah. That's a, sorry. That's a brilliant reminder. That was a wonderful piece. Absolutely. In that, in that um, conversation totally is like, that's the easy bit, mm. but I think I'm, I think I'm with you. I really, I think half marathons are my dap. I'm going to give it everything I've got. I'm going to manage my diet, manage my diary um, and build up to the 2nd of October this year and to do a sub five hour marathon. If I can get myself in that position, tell you what, mate, I'll be super, super chuffed for myself. When is the Loch Ness? Uh, 2nd of October this year. Okay. Just keep the training up. Just promise yourself you won't miss one run. Yeah, no, I'll be fine. Got a plan. Um, going to do it for charity and just use that as motivation and fingers crossed I'll um, probably win it <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows <laughs> uh, so where, where can people follow you Sig um, they can uh, Sklarky85 on um, uh, Instagram is the one but mainly Speakeasy Club would be great if people are interested uh, speakeasy club one on instagram and uh, twitter would be brilliant um and if there's anyone listening if you've stuck around this long thank you um <laughs> but um if you want to get involved in the clubhouse and tell us what you're listening to reading watching drinking and enjoying then um, we'd absolutely love to hear from you that'd be fab to share that cracking Cheers, Sig. I, I, I thought it was a, a really lovely conversation. It was nice to talk to someone who I'm really familiar with to have that extra insight and to know the questions to ask and the buttons to push, you know, and uh, yeah. you gave some fantastic answers. And I think, I think people are going to take a lot of value from it, especially the people who, um, especially the people who have perhaps suffered or, you know, have suffered uh, in the past. 
so yeah so thank well, you for sharing no mate thank you for the opportunity it's um it's meant a lot thank you uh, it's helped me selfishly um it's helped me talk it through a bit more as well so really appreciate it and good luck with everything else mate good luck with it all thank you very much and good luck with speakeasy and well the next chat we'll have will will be off up the pub with no uh no one listening <laughs> <This, uh... laughs> And we, can swear fine. we can swear then and it's exactly like, exactly yeah. remember mine then awesome all right cheers, you, top man Catch you. Tell, mate. Bye.